Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Naughty Rude Show's review of Stella Delors' Siete the Seven Deadly Sins. Just a heads up, this review does contain some discussions of abortion and religious imagery that some listeners may find challenging. There'll be another warning given when those discussions are about to start. Please enjoy the review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special little bonus episode of the Naughty Rude Show. I am here with Dom, I'm Zach, and we are doing a review. So we were invited to see Siete, the Seven Deadly Sins by the lovely Stella Del Lu, who we interviewed a few weeks ago. If you want to catch that, you can check that out on the podcast. And yeah, we went to see the show. Uh, It was the fundraiser show. So the actual show is happening as part of the Melbourne Fringe Festival in October, I believe. Uh, But this was the fundraiser show. So this was just to get ready for it. And it was kind of like a little little taste test as to what's to come later on. Uh, and I believe for both of us, it was also our first time at like a cabaret burlesque show. It was, it was. And what an experience it was. Did you enjoy it? Great. Oh, of course I enjoyed it. actually really made me want to go to more cabaret stuff. In general, I just really liked the structure of it all and how there was a lot of like versatility between the different acts. Speaking of which, so the structure of the show, Seven Deadly Sins, you've got pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. So Stella, as she says uh, in her interview with Zach, she kind of just had a very loose sort of uh, structure of what she gave to the performers and just sort of said to them, interpret one of these each um, and do your own show. So they were all individual performers um, and then kind of did their own rendition of how they interpreted each of those. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're here to talk about. So I guess what we'll do is we'll go mm-hmm. through each of the performers and what they did. So first up was Moxie Delight, a drag performer who performed The Sin of Wrath. And mm-hmm. they interpreted this as uh, lip syncing to a song. I don't know the song, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. but with like incredible makeup and like pouring roses out everywhere. It was really oh. interesting. It was actually so powerful. The whole thing of Wrath, I really liked how they, like, expressed it in this kind of powerful sort of way. Like, Moxie was wearing, like, this corset and it was really, like, hot and, like, very erotic. I think that was kind of, like, a theme throughout, like, scenes. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, totally, like, melodramatic but just, like, a really, like, intense start. But I liked it, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It was really interesting seeing how the movement was incorporated to the overall performance, if that makes sense. Mm. They moved in a very, not quite erratic way, but very dramatic is probably better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if this is a standard thing for drag or not. Again, I've never seen a drag show. So I don't know, really. I, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and I yeah, very totally. much enjoyed, enjoyed it. The one thing that I'll say, and I'll probably go into this a little bit more later, is it was hard to know which sin was which without directly being told at times. Not for all of them. I think this was one where it was kind of tricky to tell, not helped by the fact that it was the first performance of the night, mm-hmm. so we had no frame of reference. At times it could be a bit tricky, and I think this was one of the more ambiguous ones. Yeah, definitely. I initially thought it might have been pride because Moxie was very kind of interpretive and like confident in their body, and it kind of was like this whole breaking out kind of symbolism throughout. That's kind of what I thought as well. Out of the bodice, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, 
very dramatic in style and totally what you want when you come to those kind of shows that are really intimate and like, yeah, about performing. Yeah. So that was the first one. That was Wrath. That was Moxie Delight. After them, uh, so in between each show, Stella did a little interlude. I think we'll save Stella for the end and just talk about her interlude and her performance all at once. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the second full performance was done by Commander Q. They were performing The Sin of Lust, and I really liked how they interpreted it. That was so interesting. So what Commander Q did, what they did, was interpret it as a... a robot basically a robot that's like fallen in love and i found that really cool i found it was a bit more it was a bit more direct it was much clearer as to what the sin was without needing to be told first of all which i I like um i do enjoy my you know dramatic metaphor but i also kind of just like sometimes when things are a little bit simpler yeah Um, I, i still think even though it was simpler i think the whole robot aspect of it still kind of allowed for like it to be a weird interpretation so I loved that as well and it was just like cool to watch like the costume was really interesting and that one was like you couldn't take your eyes off Commander Q like it was sick yeah I found the actual like you said the costume was really interesting I'll be honest I found the most interesting part so the way that they did it was they came out in this like cardboard robot suit almost uh, (laughs) and then kind of broke out of that uh, and this is more just my personal preference. I found it more interesting when they were inside of the robot suit than when they were outside of the robot suit. I fully understand mm-hmm. why they didn't stay in it the whole time because very limited range of movement for mm-hmm. what is meant to be mm-hmm. a dance. Uh, but that's why I kind of liked it. They had to work with like a very limited range of movement to get a point across and it, it worked really well. Yeah, that one. I think that one was really symbolic. It was cool, quirky, interesting. I'd say. Yeah, and I, I like you said, I like kind of the symbolism with that one of like, there's lots of ways you can interpret it. It's like, well, technology is becoming, or not technology, but like love and lust is becoming more digitized with things like dating apps. So you can interpret it like that, or you could do it as like an interpretation of like the sex toy industry even. Like there's a lot of different Absolutely. ways you can look at it. And I really yeah. like that. I, I found that was really okay. strong with this one. Uh, after that, so again, like I said, there was an interlude between each of them. Uh, and leading into this one, we had Normie Daniels uh, performing The Sin of Gluttony. And this one was my favourite one of the first three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what Normie uh, did was eat literal cake, not metaphorical cake, uh, in front of the audience, which was kind of the first time that, like, the performers had kind of uh, engaged with the audience. So it was really like a, oh, my goodness, this is, like, in your face someone eating something and that is just such an odd thing to experience when you're sitting down and detach from it but then it's happening in front of you so yeah it made me hungry I won't lie but I really liked <laughs> I did like how it made me feel aside from just like <laughs> you know hunger yeah that one was great yeah I, I think she also had a really really strong like sense of comedic timing not that the like especially commander cues not that it wasn't funny but mm. I would say that Normie Daniels, her performance was the first one that was actively trying to be comedic, if that makes sense. And it really worked really, really well. I distinctly, really distinctly remember one bit where she just fully, like drag performance, right? She's putting on a voice, putting on a character. Mm -hmm. She fully broke character at one point to talk about the the, the, uh, oak milk. And that was something about it was so entertaining and so well done. 
yeah. it really stood out. I was also yeah. really impressed with how almost glamorous it was. Like you'd think the idea of someone just stuffing their face with food it does not sound appealing. And mm-hmm. it 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 wasn't, but it was. It's really hard to put into yeah. words. It was super, yeah, what these kind of shows are about. Like there was so much kind of intention behind the way she like licked her fingers and stuffed it in and it was such a performance and it's still, even though it's comedic unlike the other ones, it was still had that aspect of like drama and just like yeah. look at me, I'm eating cake and every movement kind of is intentional. It felt yeah, very Yeah, and it was deliberate. just so funny. You're so right. She was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> After Normie Daniels, we had a small interlude and then came back with The Sin of Envy performed by Ira Luxuria. This is where the discussions around abortion and religious imagery come into play. Just a heads up, if those topics are sensitive for you, you may want to skip this section. The way they performed Envy was using religious imagery of Mary having an abortion or wanting an abortion after becoming pregnant with Jesus. So, quiet heavy... I will say this one, it was very good. Uh, I would only say that it was a bit tonally different from the others in a way that worked, but also didn't at times. Yeah. If I can just pan picture to people listening. So, yeah, after laughing at Normie Daniels, you've got Mary walk onto the stage dressed in the full robe, a baby in their belly, even across around their neck. So it kind of opened with Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, which was very, very dramatic. And there were slow movements. There was a lot of kind of knife imagery and blood. And it was kind of just like pain. Like I actually almost cried just like as um, someone with the capabilities to have a child that I may not want one day. I was like, oh, my goodness. And like also Roe vs Wade. That one was really good. Towards the end, this is when I was really like, oh, my goodness, their baby sack, that sounds really odd, was filled with water (laughs) Um, and that started leaking and it was so, like, visceral. Um, And then we also saw underneath that this blood, um, the old trigger warning, um, blood emerging from, like, their vagina kind of area and, like, trickling down and it was really, like, visual. So, so much thought behind that one. And yeah, it, it did get me. It did get me. I mean, you use the word visceral. I think that describes this one very, very well. Mm, mm. Visceral, like, yeah, it was extremely striking, mm. extremely dramatic. Still quite, like, over the top, but in a very different way to the others, where the others were over the top right. in a very, like, uh, almost, yeah, in that sort of comedic sense of, like, look at how big and boisterous this whole thing is this one was more over the top in a like intense way yeah like pain yeah melodrama almost just well not no not melodrama Mm. kind of yeah just right at you like you could not ignore this one yeah yeah for sure for sure if you need to talk to someone following that conversation you can contact beyond blue at 1300 224 636 kids helpline at 1800 Five five one eight hundred, Lifeline at one three one 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 four, or Q Life Helpline at one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. So after uh, after Ira Luxuria, we had Nikki Vavica, which was the one performance that wasn't drag. 
uh, other than Stella. And she, again, you kind of run into that tonally, that tonal dissonance a little bit of you have this, you know, we had Normie Daniels' performance of Gluttony, which was quite comedic. And then we had Ira Luxury's very dramatic performance. And then you have what is, I think, easily the funniest performance in a very, very good way. So Nikki performed the Sin of Greed and basically just used it as an excuse to make finance puns for like five minutes straight. And I don't know, anyone who's listened to the show before will know that I'm a big pun guy. They really work. (laughs) They really, really got to me. It was really funny. It was absolutely hilarious. I'm not even someone to usually, like, even if I go to a comedy show, sometimes I might not laugh. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a sour person, but, you know, it takes a bit. I was hacking myself. It was so funny. I really liked the way she thought everything out. It was so clever, like, well-paced. She was so, like, poised on stage and just a very intelligent woman. Like, it's very clear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a dig at, you know, the society of, you know, finance. Like hustle, hustle culture and, and finance bro oh, yeah. culture. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, she also really, like, did the sort of audience engagement quite well. She was the only performer who kind of directly spoke to the audience, again, other mm-hmm. than Stella uh, during her interludes. And she did it very well. I really uh, like that aspect. Mm. Maybe a bit of a, a another more personal opinion kind of thing. But what I did also really like was that she did something quite different from everyone else. I don't know if this was quite intentional, uh, but it's a variety show and yet almost all of it was drag. It was very good, but there wasn't a ton of variety, which made the performance that wasn't really stand out. Also, it was just really funny. So it just really like got me. Uh, I did feel that I was more being entertained. The other ones I felt like, I was maybe learning something or like it being yeah. involved in something or like it, a representation. This one was direct entertainment, which I loved. And I like both types of uh, show, but yeah, this one was totally just entertaining. And then after Nikki, we had one more performance from Moxie Delight. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe it's because one of the performance co- performers couldn't make it. So mm-hmm. they ended up yeah. doing an extra one. And this is where I get into that issue of, Sometimes it was hard to tell. I actually don't know which sin they were performing. Yeah, there was another dance. No, either, um, either. I'll be honest, I actually enjoyed it more than their performance of Wrath. I enjoyed the performance more, but I don't actually know what the sin was. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Moxie could have even maybe like swapped the two. At the, like having the stronger one or just maybe the one I resonated to at the start would have been like a nice introduction them yeah it was a much more like where their first performance of wrath was much more dramatic this one was much more sort of it had a lot more flair to it it was it was still Mm. dramatic but it was more dramatic in the almost how do i put this almost theater kid energy of like (laughs) big movements upbeat yeah yeah, and it it really i really enjoyed it uh again i don't actually know what the sin was which is part of my like we know all of them except for two. It's either Pride or Sloth, and I honestly don't 100% know. I think it might have been Sloth, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. It definitely, yeah, it was very upbeat. It was confidence, but not in the dramatic way. It was still dramatic, but, yeah, it was a lot of just kind of, oh, I'm liberated and let's go, that yeah. kind of thing, what it gave me. 
Yeah, and then for the final performance, it was Stella Dolor. So she had been really? sort of emceeing the show and doing interludes, but she also did the final performance as well. Uh, and she is a burlesque dancer by trade, I guess. So it was mm, a burlesque dancer. A good dance. one at that. A yes. very good one at that. Uh, <laughs> and I really enjoyed this one as well. I actually think this was probably the most engaging of the straight like dancers. But again, I don't actually know what the sin was. Mm. It's got to be pride, hey. So Stella's performance, uh, while she was emceeing throughout and doing little interludes, uh, this was her kind of main one. It was her pretty much just getting undressed. And it was just, it was quite mesmerising because, I don't know, I think it was just very intentional the way she took off her clothes and the scene was just really, it felt like a performance and it would, like, you know, grip you in kind of thing. Yeah, she handled it really well as well with how she had almost been building up to it and, for lack of a better word, teasing it throughout mm-hmm. the entire show. Mm-hmm. Like, during her interludes, she would do things like, you know, flash a little bit and things like that. And mm-hmm. then her final performance is just all of that all at once. Yeah. And it was fun as well. The whole yeah. way that she did it and built up to that, even just the building up of taking off clothes and then she put on another outfit at the end. Yeah, it, it was very fun. Uh, not my favorite thing she did, though. My favorite thing, and I don't know if you're going to know where I'm going with this, was where she sat down and ate a burger for like two minutes. And that yeah. was that was one of the interludes, was just her eating food. And I don't know why, but I lost it. That was so funny. That oh, was the funniest part of the entire show. Like, that was the <laughs> interlude. I believe that was just before Normie Daniels' performance of Gluttony. So it was kind of meant to tie into that. And oh, yeah. she sat down, she ate a burger, uh, she edited some music over it, uh, music that was definitely meant to say a lot of naughtier words than what I'm going to say right now, but she edited them all to say eating instead, and it was hysterical. It was absolutely fantastic. It was very funny. Yeah, she would uh, cut over the music and with the microphone say eating and it was hilarious. And it was just, again, something about it just works so well with the sin. Sin as in S-I-N, not S-Y-N, everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, with the whole sin theme. Uh, and was just, you couldn't stop watching it. Me and Zach were saying after the show how we just loved watching people eat. But yeah, there was something about that? it that they really did well of just having food involved. And this was, again, mm-hmm. something that Stella mentioned in the interview of how this show because it's a show that she's run multiple times always has someone eat always mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like yeah i can kind of see why the food parts were probably some of the best and it's yeah. it worked very very well absolutely the the one sort of criticism i'll give to her performance and this is less a criticism of the performance itself and more sort of of the structure of the show and she did say that this was something that would was likely more part of the the fundraising show because it wasn't like fully mapped out yet and the actual show follows a more consistent sort of narrative through line is there wasn't much of an ending to it and I know that this wasn't just a me thing as well because for a solid like two minutes after her performance finished everyone was just kind of sitting down waiting for someone else to come out and say something and I did kind of hear a few people go, okay, wait, is it done? Is it done? And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, it, it is. But it wasn't definitive that that was the ending. Mm. Yeah, wrap it up so that we can 
you know, feel at ease with, oh, that was a show, you know, uh, just to yeah. kind of bring all the elements together in some way. Yeah. Like Stella's the thread throughout, even if she just said, uh, I don't that's know. All, that's yeah. all, folks. Yeah, just some little joke in on there. Us. Yeah. yeah. Just, just something yeah. to make it clear that it's done. Because, again, mm-hmm. it was a very impressive, like her dance was very impressive. It was probably the best one of the lot. But it just wasn't clear that it was meant to be the end. I kept waiting for her to come out and just say something to wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Stella, her interludes, her uh, mic work was just really captivating. Um, She had this long corded mic and she kind of was sort of nonchalant about it all, um, about, you know, introducing the performers, but it was it was respectful, obviously. Yeah, she was just lovely to watch and has a gorgeous voice. I know that's a ridiculous thing to uh, <laughs> comment on. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the casualness of it all. And that was the most interactive part of the show as well because Stella spoke to us, you know, very intimately. It was kind of almost like a back and forth as if she was in a conversation with us. There were a few parts where she did just directly talk to the audience. Yeah. Yeah, and they were great. In fact, her interludes did a really good job of giving the show a bit of that sort of through line that I think I was looking for. And Mm. I think it's why it stood out, particularly that there wasn't one at the end, was because I was so used to, okay, here's the performance, here's Stella to kind of give a bit of explanation, give a bit of context, give a bit of something, and then we go into the next performance. And I was so used to that because it's how the entire show was structured that when it didn't happen at the end, it did stand out. It wasn't bad, it was more just a bit jarring. Mm, definitely so i think we'll move on to just kind of any other final thoughts like those were each of the performances what did you think about the actual structure of the show yeah see i think what struck me the most um and i'm not i've never done drag i've never done burlesque or cabaret so i think more what i was left with um was just kind of a respect for like that style of show almost and especially also the way that Stella chose to do the Seven Deadly Sins as kind of theme. I thought that was really cool and just like worked well with the whole ethos of doing cabaret and drag and like pushing um, pushing boundaries. Um, and like, yeah, um, I just thought that was really interesting to explore um, sin. And actually... My favourite, favourite bit of the show was when Stella was talking about her experience with sin as a young, younger person and how as you get older and explore your sexuality, you kind of kind of lose the shame around having sin about, you know, engaging in pleasure and that's kind of what the whole show was about and especially, like, it's such a safe space for queer people, LGBTQIA plus people, um, so, yeah, I felt really safe about that and it was just such a nice way to wrap it up of, like, sin is positive, it's funny, and, yeah. Yeah, actually, you make a really good point. I actually, yeah, no, I agree. The way Stella described it was her becoming, feeling worthy of herself. Yeah. And feeling, yeah. And feeling worthy of, like, pleasure and of, in many ways, kind of, yeah, indulging in sin and that it's not a bad thing. Mm. I think that's actually a, a really good way of putting it. That worked extremely well. And that I'm excited yeah. I'm excited to see how it develops. Because, Absolutely. again, this was, wasn't what the actual show, like the final show, is exactly going to be. I mean, every performance is going to be different anyway because that's kind of the nature of the genre. 
but no, I'm excited to see a bit more of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that we got a chance to go see it. Absolutely. It made me, the whole narrative of sin, the people, the acceptance and the um, diversity made me feel really good. And I'm totally going to go at the Finch Festival, 100%. Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening to our review. Thank you again for to Stella for both coming on for the interview and for providing us the opportunity. If you want to see more of se- The Seven Deadly Sins, you can check them out on Instagram at siete underscore cabaret. Siete is spelled S-I-E-T-E. Or you can look them up uh, on Facebook. Again, that's Siete, The Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, you can also find Stella at Stella underscore Del underscore Lu on Instagram. You've been listening to Zach and Dom here on the Naughty Rude Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.